Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Horns up, talking Texas pod, Fisher Tassopolis, Snacks Kreider, the Quan Cosby, gents, the rich get richer, A.D. Mitchell. <laughs> he go two-time national champion coming to the University of Texas. Yep. Can we talk about that a little bit? That's weird oh, yeah. to me, right? It's weird. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you think it's because, like, is it a situation where he feels he's not going to get the reps and the potential stats and looks he'll need to go to the pros in that offense and the new quarterback change. Like, does he think that Sark is the kind of mind offensive mind to get him there to the pros? Like, what would you think that mindset would be Q? Dude, I, I first and foremost, like we said, we're so happy that we got him. If it's going to happen, it needs to happen for us. Um, I did hear there might've been some personal reasons that he wanted to get back to Texas. He's a Texas kid. Um, Certainly could be the case. And quite frankly, as weird as it sound, where do you go from Georgia? You went back-to-back natties. You can come over here and make a difference, maybe get some NIL, but more than anything, be closer to home. If you got a little homesick and in uh, a room that, although stacked in theory, um, we love Worthy, but he took a step back. Um, mm-hmm. I'm absolutely pulling for Jay Witt to catch 80 balls this year. I want that more than anything for him for staying. Nayer's probably coming back, but he had an injury last year. So I think there's a lot of room. And last but not least, to your point, Sark in the receiver room being that stack, you go back to his last year at Alabama, it was every bit of stacked, if not even more intense, yeah. with yeah. Smith and Waddle. And, I mean, they had six rotating guys who were beasts. And so you can't have enough of those guys and you don't want the drop off. So maybe that's what they're doing. Um, it's cool because I'm going to tell you how big a deal this is other than the surface. Dude, we don't have a receivers coach right now. <laughs> Isn't that cool? We just landed a guy on that level. We don't even have a receivers coach. So kudos to what Sark and them are selling. And um, like I said, as weird as it is, I don't understand this generation of leaving a team you just won a national championship with, but I'm glad it came to us. Well, I think there's a def- definitely a lot of different factors that come into it. Maybe he wants to be the guy at Texas because there's not really a guy that stands out. As you mentioned, X kind of took a step back. But I've also heard something like this is through baseball, too. Like the San Diego Padres have never won a World Series. And like Xander Bogarts was eager to come to San Diego and help bring the first championship back to San Diego. Nelson Cruz just signed a one-year deal. And he also wants to you know, bring a championship to San Diego, be part of that first generation that does that. There might be an element of bringing Texas football back to a guy who's from Texas, like 80, right? Where he grew up probably maybe somewhat of a Texas fan, or at least, you know, had rumblings of, of watching Texas games, his entire youth, where he wants to be part of that generation that brings us back with Arch Manning, with Quinn Ewers, you know, and there's really some, you know, there's, there's not a ton of certainty of, you know, what the future is going to be with George's new quarterback with him and, and, and that, you know, Quinn is definitely 
maybe the best shot he's got at, at getting a really good quarterback and same, same as arch is getting some good pro film. Yeah. The, look, guys are open in our system. It's not <laughs> like, it's not like worthy's not open, right? right. It's either overthrowing he's dropping balls. Maybe if you're 80 Mitchell go, okay, I'll bank on Quinn taking that next step and I'll get in that room where it was like Waddle and like, you know, Devonta Smith at Alabama doing rock, paper, scissors to see who gets the touchdown play. If Quinn can put it together, not only is Worthy going to be open, A.D. Mitchell is going to be open, then you have Sanders, we have Nayer coming back, who he could probably ease back in and hopefully use like in a playoff-type game, right, or like down the line when it really matters and counts. And then we have all these, you know, incoming freshmen, plus Brendan Thompson, plus Casey Kane and Red. Like, it really is, you know, a good rotation of guys to keep fresh legs, which is pretty exciting. Mike, we, we always talk about Witt on the show, and he's coming back for his senior year, and you said you're hoping for an 80-catch season cue. Yeah. What was coming your 80 knowing the role he's played? That's a lot more first sounds. Yeah. That's a I mean, a lot of more first sounds, a lot of more points. What were some of the adjustments you made from your junior to senior year? Obviously, like, because you go, you you break a thousand your senior year, right? You you make yeah. a massive jump in your, in your production. I, I think it was a couple of things. One, a year older of Colt McCoy. That was always big. Um, you know, we actually, we did a few things the same, but the Oklahoma game, we started moving me and Jordan all over the place. Uh, we were in the slot. We went more spread. Um, even in the, you know, the trips, 11 personnel, I'd play X, I'd play Y, I'd play Z. I, and we were all, so we just got a little more creative from that perspective because Chris Ob and I was a baller, um, but our old line was a little suspect at times. And so finding different ways to get the ball out of Colt's hand faster was what Greg Davis, you know, decided to do. And then on a personal level, um, I was older, man, and I was actually, it's funny you said, I was going to talk to Jay Witt about this because the dude's faster, he's a beast, and he he's slimmed down a little bit from the extra muscle guy, but I still think he has some more in the tank, and what that'll do for him as a slot, and he's what, you know, he's about 5'11", 6 foot, that's a really good slot, and they're drafting slots these days, so just talk to him a little bit about embracing that role, being that dude, asking for the ball in those times, I, and, and not that I did it a lot because we were usually on the same page, but yeah, I mean, my senior year, I was like, <laughs> I go back to my, my game winning touchdown versus uh, Ohio state. Colt went to Brandon Collins in the first half when they sent the zero blitz and at halftime, I think I told y'all we had a little conversation and I was like, Hey bro. Um, yeah. Don't do that again. <laughs> and fortunately <laughs> it, it ended up working itself out. So I think it's a little bit <laughs> mental. I think it's a little bit mental, but that's what Jay Witt will have going towards, you know, for himself. And, and not only that, we, his versatility of even, he's not Debo Samuels, but he, with Herman, I will say he put him in the backfield sometimes. You yeah. know, he demanded just a different level of, and his skill set can go all over the place. So I'm pumped about it all. I think it's first world problems. Um, and, I think there's room for everybody. I do think um, my man Quinn Yurich is going to progress. I think he's going to do a lot better. And it's it's going to be some fun times. So we haven't even got on the O-line yet. So I just, man, yeah. I, it's still weird to me. But at the same time, and, and going back to him winning the championships there, bringing Texas back to what you were talking about, Nick, the truth of the matter is he come back here. If we're being real honest about where our mindset is, it's not even about winning a natty. If he come back here and they win the Big 12, right. hell, he'll be loved forever. 
you know, sure. and, and that's where we are. So, uh, yeah, maybe that's the mindset of like, hey, if I can get back and we can win even a conference championship, likely our last year in the conference, that would be a big deal for a long time. Yeah. We yeah. talked about so many names in that wide receiver room. And there's, there's so many guys and it's the most crowded that I've seen in this room in a long time in terms of talent, right? You got John T. Cook coming in, you got Niblet coming in, you got the guy Moore coming over from Louisville who flipped and we've already mentioned Whittington and Xavier now 80 and Nair, right? And Casey Kane and <laughs> Savion. Crazy, yeah. It's ridiculous. Hey, we right? haven't even mentioned so, Sanders. <laughs> tight end. He exactly. Balls exactly. As well. And so, so, I mean, if you're, if you're this coaching staff and you're in your Texas, how do you keep all these, I mean, egos and personalities, you know, at bay when the guys aren't getting their playing time that they want, because ultimately, look, we want to keep these guys for the future. And I'm, I'm certain that the freshmen understand that they got to wait their turn, but you know, what do you do in this situation? Man, you really win as <laughs> simple as that. I mean, yeah, they're just not winning cures all. Winning cures all, man, and and you spread it around. There were games where I'll have 11 catches and a touchdown, and Ship would have four to five, or Brandon Collins would have nine. And in the end, if, if you are the offensive mind that we all believe Sark is, everybody will find a way. To your point about the, the guys at Bama, they had such a cohesive – and I think going back to this, culture. If you have the right culture – those guys weren't arguing about who got the ball more. They knew they all were going to eat. Some days they got it. Some days the other guy got it. But what they had is, hey, we're going to go win a championship, and it's going to take every single one of us. And and it's weird. It very, very rarely happens like it did with me and Ship, where both of us are 90-plus catches, 10, 12 touchdowns, and over 1,000 yards. Like, that was weird. It almost looked scripted because they were so close. But it just kind of happened like that. It, it truly did. And if they try to roll coverage to me, um, ship was going to eat that day. You saw it. I crack up because one of the plays that I'm known for is that crackback block on Oklahoma. Well, the reason I was set up for that because they were rolling coverage to me all the time. So I ran them off. I knew there was one chance in hell I was getting the ball. So that's why I was able so far down the field to where I was coming back and I could crack back for, for ship. And so when you really get down to the technical aspect of the way some of this stuff happens, it'll, it'll, it should, it should work itself out. And if you think about, I mean, good Lord, who are you going to cover? I mean, right. how are you going to cover every single one of these dudes? Someone's so if Quinn progresses mentally like he could, everybody can eat. And if we, in theory, it, it sounds funny. You're like, oh, you know, if you can get 35. Dude, if you score, if you're scoring 45 points a game, I mean, which we, with, the, with these level of talent, you can, you only get seven. Every touchdown. So that's a lot of different people scoring. And, and it's never really broke down on that level. Mm -hmm. But that's a lot of different people getting at least one, you know, or, or two. And well, so it can still work itself out. Inevitably, like, certain guys are going to become the starters. Like, we're not going to rotate seven receivers into a game. At least Unless maybe you for want me to bang my head on this wall. That's what Tom Herman used to do. And it drove me crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I just like it's gonna be Xavier, it's gonna be Whittington, Sanders. Like they're gonna get all of them ninety percent of the snaps. Yeah, but then you could run in like a guy like eighty when you run four a guy, when you run three in a tight end, and then you could rotate them like dealer's choice, whoever's having a better day or whoever's healthy. I 
I mean, it's well, fun if to you say now. Six like, yards down the field, your other guy pops in, and you never skip a beat. I like it's, yeah. But if we're winning, right? Like we don't have the luxury yet of being a school where the last two years we can just rotate anyone and everyone in. Like we have to win, and we have to go into the. We have to win the first half. We have to win the second half. We have to win the mm-hmm. game. Like, and whoever does that, whoever executes the most, will should get the most PT. What like. I, I get like it's great. We have a luxury of riches from a talent standpoint, but like I gotta see it from an execution standpoint from all these guys. Oh yeah, I don't need auditions out here, honestly. That's what you're saying. Like I don't need I like okay, like that. go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I don't need different guys popping in and out just to see what they got. I'd rather win the damn football game. That's that what oh, you're no, going at? Oh no, for sure. And, and, yeah. and I don't think anybody wants that, but what I'm saying is we've had a the other issue, you know, if you hear CDC talk. Oh, we essentially lost two classes between guys in the portal. Between this, we're back. I laugh because uh, Kirby Smart said it in his last year's national championship. What's different? I got better players. So ultimately, you have to get better players. And yes, they have to execute, they have to take care of business. But let's all hope we're paying these guys the big bucks. And what they've known, put like, I'll tell you a prime example our defense this year versus last year. You want that level of development. Our special teams versus three years ago, now on the offensive side of things with a now experienced and veteran Quinn years or whomever's going to be that person. You, I tell you what, if they're not in the mix on this level with this level of talent, we're going to have some, we're going to have bigger issues <laughs> because yeah, was they, my- they are, huh? I was going to say, that was going to be my next question is like, is this nut up or shut up for Sark? I'm sorry to say it like that, but are we at that point with this kind of level of talent? We're not because we have to give somebody time, but at the same time, again, they have to execute your right on toss, but these guys have shown, this is not a situation where they're all freshmen. You got transfers, you got all this guy, won that. he has a touchdown in the national championship game. So they've shown that they can execute. Yeah, I guess I guess what I'm just saying is like last year, if I look at our season, like I didn't feel like our receivers were like that position group was lacking. I mean, I I think Xavier like certainly didn't perform at the level that we expected him to. But like Witt had a good season. Sanders, I think next year will be taken potentially in the first round and should be looked at that from the tight end position. He's that talented. Like we... Yes, we missed Nayer. I felt like we were missing that third guy, right? Or that fourth guy if you're if you're lumping Sanders in there too. Like Kane had some plays in each game, but he wasn't always on the field. No. But he certainly no. shined and, and when he got the opportunity. So now I think like one of the I'm just saying like one of those guys, whether it's Mitchell or Nayer healthy now or Jonte, whoever it is, steps into that kind of fourth receiver role and really, yeah. really exceeds. And then we're we're rolling out a crew. Like yeah. I mean, that's what you were saying about Bama, right? Because at the time they had Smith, Ruggs, Waddle, right. yeah. Mechie waiting, Judy. So I Judy. think that's what I'm saying. If we have five good, consistent guys, yeah. I don't want a rotation in it, but you really truly have to have five good dudes to get it done. And for once, I think we we are there. Yeah. I think yeah. you say we, we, we weren't lacking, but if Worthy didn't have a good game, they weren't pulling them yeah and there were several games that i in my opinion he should have sat down and it mainly for from an effort standpoint 
Yeah. Like uh, the ball, what, what, dude, lay out for it. You know what that'll uh, yeah. mean? So there's now we're going to be in a position. I think competition forever helps a, a, a room. And I think you absolutely have that now. I mean, the, the level that Jordan and I went at it towards each other and who's going to get open, who's going to compete, even on one ones. I mean, we, we the things that we jotted down per our day of getting better and working, I think they can have that and create that. And even we haven't talked about the defensive side, but our DBs, they're not going to see consistently on game day what they're going to see all week long, in my opinion, if these guys continue to grow and develop on that level. So they should inherently get better. Yeah, yeah. that's like kind of the point you always say, Q. Like, you guys practiced against the best, so you were prepared to play the best. with whatever. Iron sharpened iron all right. the time. On game day, I was like, dude, thank God. Your boss is not standing right there. I'm about to tear your ass up. Let's go. I mean, it, it truly, I told, I told y'all, I told guys that like, nah, you're not Earl Thomas, dude. Sorry, but uh, let's, let's go. And so yeah, that's the Jesus. beauty that can happen organically when you have these, these level athletes. And I think I told Jamal our very first day, we we're both freshmen rolling in and Jamal was like, yeah, Q, I was, you know, I was an all American. I was like, here I am, 22, 23 years old, and I was like, hey, Jamal, you're right, dude. I heard you're a baller. You're fast. But um, if you don't listen to anything else I have to say, um, when we get on this field, everybody's going to be All-American. <laughs> and yeah, that's yeah. a damn good thing. It's everyone. Like, the whole crew is, like, it's crazy. Like, our quarterback's a top three highest recruit ever coming out of high school, and he's probably only behind the guy that's going to be behind him. Realistically, right. so like it's everyone's an all American. Everyone was the best, not maybe in, not only in their high school, obviously, but maybe in their state at certain points. And it's it's great that we're not talking about the defense because we don't have to. Because realistically, we we return Ford. Sorrell gets is another year under his belt. Catalan joins Big the transfer. Mix. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, Barron's there. Like Watts come back. Watts is back. Like our defense, for by and large, is is very outside of losing Overshawn. They got know, better. Yeah, our defense is going to get better. Like, and the same with the offensive line. They're two position groups and, and, you know, sides of the football that we're not really talking about because the whole anticipation is, okay, you're just going to get older a year, so you're going to get better a year. That's what you were saying pretty much with Colt McCoy. Like, Colt just grew up a little bit. And so, yeah. like, the whole Christian Jones comes back, surefies the right side of the, you know, the offensive line. And then plus you have Kelvin Banks as a guy that we talked about. Okay, this could be a top five draft pick. Someday, which is something we haven't had on the offensive line. God knows how long. Jeez. I don't yeah, know if we have ever had that. Yeah. Hey, we Can talk about, about Bijan on here, and Bijan owns it. He's one of the best people, one of the best people, and one of the best players. But we don't talk enough about the big uglies, and Banks may be a lineman version of that dude. For him to come in as a freshman and to ball out like that, I mean, that is, dude. I finally looked at the numbers the other day and. Maybe one sack. I, I don't know that it's no more than one, maybe two. It's as the a most you could have asked for of a freshman, for sure. Yeah. Uh, he he exceeded expectations. It's the most oh. you could have asked for out of a freshman. Yeah. At left tackle. Like the hardest yeah. position on the field. And in in a in a big 12, we're like the kid from K-State could be a first round pick. The kid from Texas Tech could be a top 10 pick. Like Dude. there's a massive talent just hey, because the numbers he, are, are gaudy and high. 
he owned Will Anderson. He is going to be a top three pick. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even get to like, Bama yet. Right? Yeah, like, that dude was – Will flipped to the other side at one point. Like, I don't want to go against that freshman anymore. Now he, no, let's be real. Will did that all the time. He, they moved him around. But still, he got zeros <laughs> tags on that freshman. I mean, that, that, was, that, that was great. That, that was a great showing out of our line to, like, keep that Bama – defensive line at bay because look we always say it like the sec defensive linemen are a whole different you know beast out there and all those guys you know are going to go to the pros someday so that was a really good test for our line yeah i did want to say one thing you brought up Bijan, and this is, could be a very maybe dumb thought um and i don't want to discredit him to being an absolute unbelievable talent one of the best we've ever seen i'm just curious i'm just throwing it out there maybe losing Bijan creates a little more mystique in our offense, a little more room for different guys and different kinds of touches and less of a heavy focus. One dimensional one. Yeah. Like it's similar to like when like the lions lost Megatron, they're like, there's no denying that Calvin Johnson is one of the greatest receivers. He's in the Mount Rushmore of wide receivers of NFL football, but, but now you have to guess who they're throwing to. Now it opened things up a little bit for like guys like Golden Tate, Marvin Jones was there. Like it opened up the Lions offense in a weird way. So I'm curious just to see. Man, you know, no one has to answer that right now, but if that happens, you know, if, if weirdly, it's, man, it's I, a silly thought. Well, no, I'm going to tell you, it's, take that thought to another level. One thing, losing Bijan, I get what you're saying. I'll actually say losing Bijan and him not playing in that bowl game absolutely solidifies it because they realize. The role he played, the team we were with him and Roche in there, we were not the same team in San Antonio, yeah. and it was, it was not a good look. So now our coaching staff, again, while they're adding every receiver they can and everyone they can get in, but they're gonna have to. Bijan won't be able to take the load of making four guys miss and getting positive yards. So we all need to get better as a staff, as an offense in those situations and spreading it around and making sure we use all of our weapons. Cause yeah. we really Tosh, you actually made a good point. We did have a pretty decent receiver room last year and maybe they weren't fully utilized like they could have been because five was in the backfield and he was going to be the future. Oh, I mean, yeah. If, if anyone thought that going into this season that we weren't going to see a lot more wide receiver screens this season, like we're going to see a lot more things besides just letting Bijan go out of the gun and hand him the ball and, and make him have him make a play, which he always did. Right. Like that's the one thing. And it makes and when we don't have him, like it showed us how much more important those Xavier worthy drops were those Quinn Ewers missed throws. Like you don't have the guy on second. If you didn't run on first, you take a shot. And then on second, you don't have the guy that can get you seven yards every time. Like, yeah. you got to figure out other things. Like, it's just because you can't be in that third and eight plus with Quinn or whoever it is every single drive. It just won't work. Yep. Yeah. The whole Bijan. Yeah. I mean, he got four yards, five yards every time. And it's like, it wasn't like, okay, he didn't have a great game but we still pulled it out and Quinn, the receivers were able to step up and make it happen. And the games where Bijan was, was, was bad or, or, or at a poor stat line lost. were the games we lost. Like, like if yeah. he had a bad game, we had, we were done. Like that was, we lived and died by him almost in certain aspects. So I'm curious to see if we get a few more dimensions out there just by force, like, you know, by, by they're forcing our hand in that regard by circumstance. All right, real quick thoughts. Uh, we'll start with you Q some thoughts on our basketball team. 
you know, we clearly, I, I don't, I, I, is it crazy to say we haven't missed a beat? We, and at, at all things considered, this team has done as admirable a job as possible. Dude, we're five and two in the Big 12, man. I'm, I'm telling you. And now we're about to see even more of that gauntlet. You know, we're going to have OK State tomorrow in um, the mood. And then you're going to go to a top five Tennessee in Knoxville. And then you go to both Kansases. It's going to get real. So yeah. I'm going to reserve. Haven't skipped a beat till after that. But at the same time, not really, because even if we don't lose our head coach and all that, it was going to be the same. They're going to be the same schedule. They're going to have to take care of business. And Go so, on. yeah, I, I actually, I take that back. I digress. I agree. We have not. It hadn't looked like it did early on versus the Gonzagas of the world, but yeah. win, baby, win. And we found a way to win on the road versus West Virginia. Having a tough year, but still the Big 12 was real. So it's cool to be in a position gotta, that we're in. And you got to win those games. And all the games that we've lost this season, you look at the, the schedule and look, were we predicted to lose that game? Maybe not. But are you surprised we lose that game? No. I mean, those aren't terrible losses. Like, they're quality teams that are beating us, right? The Illinois loss, Kansas State loss, who has been playing really Way better well. than people thought. Way better than people thought. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, Iowa State. leading the we Big 12 right now. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Iowa State, which is, again, a really tough place to go and play. Right, exactly. And so... I think those are really good, you know, or look we, in the we mirror were, games. We were too. home against Iowa State. Sorry, we were home but like, against Iowa They're good look in the mirror games, right? Where, yeah. you, where you try to find your identity and look, we're still overcoming that adversity that we lost our head coach midseason. In a crazy and we're way. still a very competitive team. There, say, there are 10 teams in the Big 12, yeah. right? Kansas State is the highest ranked team right now. They're the number five team in the country. Texas, Kansas, Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, all ranked ahead of the top 20. Yeah. So, like, if that just tells you, six of our ten teams are top twenty teams in the nation. I mean, TCU, like TCU is putting together. That was a good one on our part because they've absolutely smacked Kansas, who's a really good basketball team. Obviously, the Baylor team, unbelievably well coached. They have a guy, Keontae George, who's been fantastic freshman, who who's only continuing to get better. Yep. And, and for me, I would say the only issue that I would like to bring up, and it's not even just an issue of this year. It's like almost an issue, like we seemingly see year after year. We just don't do a great job of developing or implementing our freshmen. Like I'm just not getting at what I want yeah, out of Dylan true. Mitchell or or Morris. Like I feel and I feel like there's talent there. The talent and, is there. And that's kind of been the trend as well. Like like when we had Mobamba, right? Greg Brown. Like, Greg Brown, you know, yeah. when we had uh Miles Turner was like he was good. Miles but Turner like, was he was kind of different that, than yeah, the rest but of not the like the number two prospect. Right, exactly. Played a lot. He was our best player. Jared Allen. Yeah, Jared Allen is clearly yeah. way better in the NBA than yeah, like you know. That'd well, be my especially takeaway. because all these dudes got to the league and balled out after being Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's tough with those big guys that are so I, athletic because there's just not a lot of space on the college court. Right. Like, if you if you give Mitchell a, a full, like, baseline to work with, like in the NBA, he can beat guys step for step because he's just so athletic. Like, it's just – it's tough. It's tough for them. Look, if you're a five-star, if, if you want to be a one-and-done, you can't go in a game and have – no points, no buckets. He didn't score last game. Yeah. Like, that, like you're not going to get drafted. You're not going to be a lottery pick if you don't score in right. one game in your whole season. I just bring up like you look at like the all-time college basketball players, the ones that didn't pan out in the NBA. A lot of times those guys are guards. And the reason why they, they could work in college basketball is because they can dribble, they can pass, they can shoot. But when they get to the bigs and they get to the NBA where the court is bigger, where things are more spread out, yeah. they can't 
they can't take the other guys. They can't handle the other guys athletically. A guy yeah. like Jimmy Fredette, right? Like that guy averaged almost 30, 30 points per game in college. Incredible. And then he goes to the NBA and he can't get it done. Two weeks too slow. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it's part of it. And, and unfortunately Mitchell isn't a guy that couldn't, can really handle the basketball. He's a, he's well, a that's what I'm about to say. So if we think about Mitchell though, and you're saying it's the court, not, what does he do? Except, and again, everybody needs to develop all that. I went, I went to school during Durant's era. So that's just not even fair to kind of even throw that out there. But I kind of knew who Durant was. I knew what he was capable of. What is it that Mitchell does that maybe Coach Terry should highlight a little bit more? Bring him off the bench. That's another thing he's kind of coming off. Some lobs at him. (laughs) Listen, he'll catch a dunk on everybody's business. We do understand that. But I think Jericho Sims, he was older. He could jump on top of the roof and he'd catch dunks and all that. But he also kind of made an identity for being tough and and getting rebounds and just doing other things in the game. I guess that's where I'm just still athletically. I've seen it. I love seeing that dude. I think at one point he caught up one off the, the rim and his eyes were looking down in it, but I, I'm just, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm not sure I mean, what he does so well that like I'm sure, I'm sure like the coaches would, would change. The coaches know what to tell him, right? Like they, they see this every single day in practice, obviously. But I, I mean, what I would tell him is like, Anytime we get a defensive rebound, you run, you run, you get ahead of everyone else. Like in any time Marcus is driving to the basket, you be in the opposite block, ready to catch a lob Mm -hmm. or ready to, if you get the ball and he slips you the ball, because he gets double teamed when he's driving, like attack, do not hesitate. We're doing that with DeSue now. So you're you're actually making the point being on the other side of the rim, catching lobs and all that Bishop, DeSue, they're doing that. Well, Bishop's been a great cleanup off the bench. Like he's actually, I was like, to me, another thing is like we're so guard heavy, and like I've almost given up on our bigs. But Bishop actually has been very strong and very, yeah, very yeah. aggressive and very physical down. But low. he's also got how many, how many years has he played college basketball? The thing with Mitchell is like he almost four, four years. Yeah. Like he's had four years to play at that level, to play with that physicality, to work on his body to get that much bigger. Like that was Sims, dude. How wide was Sims when he like yeah, he's was also, Sims also yeah. like six eleven? Yeah, the thing with Mitchell is is like he's so athletic and he's so raw. He's just too slight to play really post basketball. It was like, the same same thing with Greg Brown. Yeah, like well, you I, was about he's to, like, I was like, he sounds like Greg Brown. Yeah, but that's what least, it, it's kind of what Greg it is. Brown, at least he thought he could shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he was like, about to the jack one. Up. Yeah, I, there, I might, there might be a confidence thing as well right now, like with Mitchell, like no, totally demanding the ball more, right? Like obviously Marcus has the ball more than anyone on our whole entire team entirely right? and hunter after right exactly but like with mitchell like if you're in that situation like demand the ball a little bit right like i think he only took two shots this last game yeah i mean it's not gonna i, I think toss his diagnosis of like we get a defensive rebound you're on the court you run not only to try to get that you know outward pass get that lob get that dunk get that quick bucket but also draw a defender in and give an easier three-point shot for a guy like Carr if he gets manned up like kick it out to jabari so jabari rice who should be running down the court as well and hopefully, hopefully have an open three for him or hunter like really yeah. get an easy three in transition there like if that's how we're going to play our game yeah we um, touched on it we touched on it earlier too and this this had been talked about a little bit with relationships i think he played a lot better when beard was there so if him and Beard were that close and him being a freshman, I think Beard made a massive role into getting him here. If that oh, relationship yeah, I mean. was gone, that factored <laughs> into confidence and rotation and how he, he best be utilized. So 
that's that's, that's, that's the, the tough piece of it is that you know he's that situation happened so maybe that's in his head a little bit Absolutely. But let's get that win against Oklahoma State. Keep the train rolling in the Big 12. Again, like winning those games, like you said, Nick, but are must win games. Like, yeah. again, against good teams, but still must win games in the Big 12. Q, always a pleasure, big dog. Hook them. Hook them horns. Cosby, Hook'em Fisher, DeSopolis, Snacks, Crowder. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.